Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. How does remembering things from your past affect you? Does it encourage you? Or does it disturb you? Or is it maybe some of both? Reflecting on the past can sometimes be what some would say is bittersweet. In the last couple months, I've had opportunity for some uh, visits with some extended family members uh, that have left me feeling some of both. Um, I visited in June with a cousin of mine who's gone through some serious health challenges and is currently in a wheelchair. And as we reminisced about the past, our growing up on farms and, and working uh, together during haying and harvest and things like that, and, and then later living together during college, uh, we were both encouraged uh, and comforted, even though his current uh, living issues are kind of heavy for him. A couple weeks ago, I, I visited with a, an uncle of mine who, who was on hospice and in the hospital. And while I was visiting with him there, um, his daughter came into the room and, and he asked me, do you remember her? And I, I had not seen her in, in several years. And the, for some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was remembering back to her wedding. And, and I said, yep, uh, I sung in a men's quartet uh, for her wedding. And I messed it up. We had uh, sung an a cappella song, and uh, I was the one that had the pitch pipe and uh, was responsible then for starting us on the right note, and I botched it. And sure enough, after over 30 years, she still remembered that too. It started out sounding really awful, um, but in a few measures, we, we pulled it up together, and, and uh, I think the rest of it went okay. Uh, some... Memories, even years later, yeah, disturb us, don't they? Interesting enough, though, that that uncle that day asked me, um, and and he had asked some of my siblings as well, and and some of our spouses uh, to sing at his funeral, and and that took place just this last week. And and, uh, we sung, and and hopefully I redeemed myself. Uh, It went pretty good, and uh, it was an honor to do that for him and his family. Remembering things from the past can, can both disturb and comfort us. And that's what the psalmist finds in Psalm 77. I invite you to look with me at that today. And um, this is also true about remembering God and and his hand in our lives. Uh, That too can both comfort and disturb us. Derek Kidner, in his commentary on this psalm, um, says this is uh, musings between two moods. Uh, and, and the heading in my Bible on, this, on Psalm 77 says, Comfort in trouble from recalling God's mighty deeds. And it has this extra note then. It's for the choir director according to Jeduthun. And I don't know much about him, but he was a chief musician um, for King David and appointed then to lead public worship. And, and so this psalm um, is, is a song and also Part of it is a prayer to God. I invite you to look with me at that. And would you stand in reverence to God's word as we read? 
My voice rises to God and I will cry aloud. My voice rises to God and he will listen to me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord and in the night my hand was stretched out and did not grow weary. My soul refused to be comforted. When I remember God, then I am restless. When I sigh, then my spirit feels weak. You have held my eyelids open. I am so troubled I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of long ago, and I will remember my song in the night. I will meditate with my heart, and my spirit ponders. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never be favorable again? Has his favor ceased forever? Has his promise come to an end forever? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Or has he in anger withdrawn his compassion? Then I said, it is my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. I will certainly remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and on your deeds with thanksgiving. Your way, God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your strength among the peoples. By your power you have redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God, the waters saw you, and they were in anguish. The ocean depths also trembled, the clouds poured out water, the skies sounded out, your arrows flashed here and there, the sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind, the lightning lit up the world, the earth trembled and shook, your way was in the sea, your paths in the mighty waters, and your footprints were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord God, for this psalm and, and just the uh, sentiments expressed by the psalmist. Lord, we can identify with some of those inner struggles that we feel as we don't understand some things in our lives as well. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and encourage us through your word this day. Amen. Please be seated. I see this psalm kind of broken down into three parts, and as we consider the first section of this psalm, then verses uh, 1 through 5, note especially verse 3 and what it says about remembering. When I remember God, then I am disturbed. Some translations say, then I am restless. Now, that might seem kind of contradictory to us. Remembering God, that should always encourage us, shouldn't it? not make us disturbed or restless. It doesn't always seem to be that way, though, at least at first. Sometimes in the middle of discouraging issues of life, it doesn't seem to encourage us to remember God. It seems rather to even disturb us more. And now why is that? Well, I'm disturbed about my circumstances, but I'm also disturbed because I do not understand God or his ways. Sometimes there are things in my life which I don't like, and I, and I don't understand then. Why doesn't God fix that? Why doesn't he do something about that? It, it might be a health issue that's very discouraging. It, it might be a relationship issue that you can't fix. It, it might be that you have recently gone through the death of someone you loved. It might be the weather. that This drought is becoming severe. And if the Lord doesn't send us rain soon, it could have a big impact. Uh, and a lot of people and their personal finances as well. And, and why would God give good crops only to have them dry up before our eyes? 
It might be that you are disturbed by political leaders and ones that God has put in place, and you don't understand that, and you don't like the direction they're taking our country. Well, whatever the circumstances that are disturbing you, and whatever it is about God and his ways that you don't understand, you might be able to identify then with the psalmist in these first five verses here. He says here, I am so disturbed that, that I cry aloud to God. But he also says, but I believe that he will hear me. I, I don't understand him. I, I don't know that I understand what he is, is doing here, but, but he invites me to pray, and he, and he promises to hear me, and, and so I do pray. And, and I do it not just silently in my heart, but, but I voice my prayers, uh, and I cry out loud to God. This past week, uh, I was blessed to take in a couple of the evening services at, at uh, our EFLC Wilderness Camp and also a couple of the morning Bible studies. And Pastor Peter Haugen was a morning study leader, and, and he encouraged us uh, yesterday to, to vocalize our prayers, even when we're alone. Why is that? Well, he said this. It's because hearing ourselves speak God's word and hearing ourselves pray to him has the effect of strengthening our faith. And, and, and he said this, and it also has the effect of disturbing and even chasing away the devil and his fallen angels. With the psalmist, his, his crying aloud to God here also was reflective of, of how disturbed in spirit he felt. And, and when that is the case for us, how good it is to know then that God welcomes us to just come to him and pour out our heart to him, cry out loud to him, in prayer in the midst of our troubles. And uh, Pastor Haugen pointed out here, Hebrews 5 tells us that even Jesus himself prayed with loud cries and tears. That's what Hebrews tells us. Well, the psalmist didn't just feel in a low mood for a couple hours and then he got over it um, and moved on. No, his circumstances brought him so low that he was to at this point where, where he was disturbed both day and night. Have you sometimes, maybe even lately, experienced just a heaviness of soul? It, so it occupies your thoughts in, in, in the middle of the day and, and even maybe keeps you up at night. That's what the psalmist says he's dealing with here in verse 2. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. In the night my hand was stretched out and I did not grow weary uh, my soul refused to be comforted. And he says, I was so disturbed that, that my soul you know, refused to be comforted. No, no matter how much I prayed and cried out to God, I, I didn't feel relief. He was like uh, the Old Testament patriarch Jacob. When, remember the story there when, when uh, his, his uh, sons sold their brother Joseph into slavery, but they came back and told their dad a story um, they came back with this bloody coat of many colors and, and told Jacob, jo Joseph must have been killed by a wild animal. And, and then his other sons and daughters, it tells us, tried to comfort him. And it says this, and Jacob refused to be comforted. Grief has that kind of an effect. It, it, it's not easily wiped away. Don't tell someone who is grieving, well, just get over it. It isn't that easy. No, nor would we want to. Just forget about that person who's gone. And so for a time, the heart of the grieving person just hurts. And there's no sense of relief. 
For the psalmist, it seemed that though he prayed out loud to God, God remained silent and he felt no relief. And he said in verse 3 here, I am so disturbed that, that I sigh and my spirit faints. Every move that he made, there's those heavy sighs. And it just feels washed out with, with no energy. And, and he says, I am so disturbed that I cannot sleep or speak. As I consider the days and the years gone by, verse 4, you, you have held my eyelids open. Now, not literally, of course, but, but that's how it feels to him. And though he's exhausted, yet still his eyes just don't stay closed to even sleep at night. He says, I'm so troubled, I cannot speak. And, and all of this for the psalmist is connected to remembering some things, remembering how things used to be and remembering God and not understanding how all this fits together, not understanding God's ways. God's word tells us that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I understand them. So what will the psalmist do then? Will he, will he stay in this sullen state forever? No. Notice here the, the next section. And the psalm kind of switches tone. And he says this. He says, I will. And look at verse 6 here. I, I will remember my song in the night. I will meditate with my heart. And my spirit ponders. And in that verse I see something interesting here. You might say that the psalmist finds therapy here, kind of, in three things. In music, in meditation, and in dealing with some questions. He says, I will remember my song in the night, meditate in my heart, and, and ponder some questions. If you think about music, for instance, there's something about music that is scripturally sound in its lyrics that ministers deeply to the hearts of those that are struggling. Maybe you notice some of the words even of the hymns we sing today. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus, no, not one. Or, oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. One we'll sing later here, thou blessed rock of ages, I'm hiding in thee. You know, for me, there are times when uh, I'm on my way to the office in the morning and I don't have something right on my calendar at the top of the day, and I just keep driving a bit. And I'll go drive around a section, look at some crops a little bit while I let Christian music just minister a bit to my heart. Psalmist says here, I will remember my song in the night. I'll meditate with my heart. Besides music, the, the psalmist finds therapy in, in meditation, which is really then mulling over in your mind words of things like scripture and lyrics of songs. Meditating on, on God then and on his truth has this effect of straightening out our thinking on some things that have gotten distorted in our lives. And, and then he mentions questions here. And when we're feeling low, there are times we ask ourselves questions and like, why am I feeling this? Um, am I depressed by some particular circumstance in my life? Am I feeling alone, feeling like no one cares or understands, feeling far from God? In verse 7 here, the psalmist asks himself some questions. Some questions about God. As he struggles in his heart, and in so doing, he's, he's confessing those doubts to God. And let's just walk through those questions here. He says, well, will the Lord reject forever? He, he feels like God has rejected him, though it's not necessarily so. But how long will this go on? Will he never be favorable again? 
He's previously known God's blessing, but is that forever past now? Has his loving kindness ceased forever? And that word loving kindness here, it's also translated steadfast love. And the psalmist here, as he's going through these questions, he's beginning to realize, you know, if God's steadfast love ceased, well, then it wouldn't be steadfast, would it? Has his promise come to an end? The psalmist knows God says that he always keeps his promise. He wouldn't be God if he didn't do so. He keeps his word. Well, then, has God maybe just forgotten to be gracious to me? Has he forgotten how? Isaiah and I um, caught a few fish a couple weeks back, and, and uh, it had been about five or six years, I think, since I'd gone fishing at all, and I have to admit, I kind of had forgotten how to clean fish in between. Well, God doesn't forget how to do things. He knows how to be gracious. He, and he doesn't forget to be a certain way. His character is perfect. Well, then, has he, in anger, withdrawn his compassion? The psalmist asks here. And, and that is possible. If, if God, at times, withdraws his compassion, why would he do so? The only reason I know of is, is because of his righteous wrath on sin. And I appreciate Kidner in his commentary. He says this, Only sin arouses God's anger, and only impenitence perpetuates it. On the other hand, repentance of sin stirs God's compassion. Verse 10, Then I said in my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. And again, the psalmist here is just expressing what he feels, and he tries to understand here the ways of God. But as he has asked these questions concerning God, he knows the answer to these questions. He doesn't have a rejecting God, a tired God, a stingy God, a forgetful God, an angry for no good reason God. And so then as we look at the third section of this psalm, he turns his thoughts directly toward God and toward his works and his ways. And he says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Eugene Peterson says this about it here. He says, what happens in prayer is that an awareness develops. A, a, a lot more is going on in the world that I am conscious of when I am disappointed or hurt or frustrated or embittered. The, the feelings that I have at any one moment, while they are important and they are actual, cannot be interpreted accurately apart from the context of God's action. Meditation is an intensification of awareness then, or of perception, end quote. And so the psalmist turns his thoughts and away from his own discouraging circumstances and he says to God, I will meditate, I will muse on your deeds and wonders of old. And, and he refuses then to allow the skepticism to win out. God has revealed himself to people in tangible ways in the past, and the psalmist vows to remember that historical record as a source of hope for him for the future. And he says, there, there is no holy God like you who works wonders. There, there, there's only one almighty God. All other gods are just inventions of man. Well, what are the wonders that God has done in the past uh, the psalmist is referring to here? Well, he says, you have made known to me your strength among the peoples. 
When did God do that? Well, there was one particular event especially that he looks back on and that many look back on in the Old Testament as reminders of God's showing of his power. He showed that when with the children of Israel, he freed them from slavery in Egypt as he sent plagues over the land repeatedly. And then the last one, the angel of death, came to every household except the ones that people that the lamb's blood had, was on the doorpost. And Pharaoh at last them let them go. And then following that, God showed his power again as, as Pharaoh and his army chased them. And they were at the Red Sea and God parted the waters of the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to cross right through on dry land before bringing it crashing back down on, the, on Pharaoh's army. God showed his power there. You have by your power redeemed your people, the psalmist says. You, you showed your power in, in the water and in the sky. Verse 16 there, the waters saw you, O God, the waters saw you, and they were in anguish. This picturesque language here expressing what happened there at the Red Sea. And he goes on to talk about other things as well. The clouds poured out water, the skies sounded out, your arrows flashed here and there. The sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Picturesque language giving us a glimpse of the awesome power of God that we see in a thunderstorm, for instance. We're reminded the whole universe is still in the hands of that God. He still can make the clouds pour rain. And he knows our need for that today and he hears our prayers and he knows our inner struggles as we wait for that. And the psalmist reminds, remembers God's uh, powerful acts that, that rescued his people from slavery in Egypt and provided for them wilderness and how God led them uh, through leaders as well. And he mentions that at the end here, leading your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And you know, for us too, re remembering God, though we don't fully understand him, we don't fully understand his ways, still it, it is to encourage us as we recognize his power and how he has led us in the past and he's provided for us in the past. And, and remembering those things then helps us to trust him as we look ahead in, in troubling days. And if we ever think that he doesn't care about us, we look to the cross, and there we see his steadfast love for us. And we see that ultimate deliverance that he brought for us through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, who bore our sin and our guilt on the cross. And through him, then, we know forgiveness of all of our sins. And we have a friend that goes with us through this life, and we have the promise of, of eternal life. He says in verse 19 here, God, your footprints may not be known. God isn't like us. We, we don't see him walking before us like a human would. We, we don't see those footprints. We don't understand some things about how he works. And we sinners are not allowed to see him face to face in our life. And, and so we don't fully understand his ways. But the psalmist here says that there are two things that God wants us to know for sure. And it comes down to this. He has redeemed you, and he will lead you. Let us pray. Lord God, we just thank you for your word today and, and for the psalms that, that uh, express the sentiments of our hearts, the challenges we face in our lives, the questions that we have as we go through 
things in this life that we don't understand. And we have to confess that we don't understand you and your ways. But there are some things you want us to know. And we thank you, Lord, that as we look back in our lives, we see how for, for many of us who are, are believers in you, Jesus, uh, you, you have saved us. You have brought us to that point where we trust in you for forgiveness of our sin and eternal life. And that has shaped our lives. And, and Lord, though we may meet with uh, troubles and discouragements here and now, help us that as we look back, we would be encouraged by your hand in our lives and we would trust you for the future. And we pray, Lord, that if there are those around us who don't know you, that, that you would help us to so live out our faith that we would um, be witnesses to you, that, that others would see the difference that you make and, and would be drawn to our Savior and to the hope that we have in Jesus. We pray, Lord, that, that you would provide for our needs, Lord, and, and that you know the concerns on our hearts. There are various things for each one of us, um, but for many of us too, just a concern uh, of all our real need for rain. And so, Lord, as we have prayed for that in the past, even this summer, and we've seen you answer that prayer again, we just bring that before you and pray, knowing that you are a good and perfect God and that you are able to provide. You are powerful. There's nothing you cannot do. And so, Lord, we lay that at your feet and pray that you would provide now and in the future. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.